up and I stay down with the same gang every day now. When the thing changed, but the way out is the layout, nigga. Big M's, nigga. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put the lights down, turn the bass up. One time for the pay cuts. And the price guy just squeeze the life out of shit. They try to break us. What's all the fussing about? We grew up with nothing, my nigga. We still here. That fake shit, we cutting it out. Money come make sure the crew got their fair shit. Big Mike, what up? Banks, what up? Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, and uh, good to see you, fellas, and welcome to another episode of Food for the Culture, where we bring you socially relevant topics, including current events and dating topics. Uh, I'm your host, of course, Big Mike. We got a good show for you guys today, a lot of good topics to talk about. Of course, we got Banks in the building. What's going on, Banks? (laughs) Yo, what's up? Good, man. Good to see you, as usual. And Josh, the creator himself. Yo, what up? What's up? What's up? What's up, fellas? How you guys been the last week? Too bad. Busy. Well, I know, I know you've been busy, Josh. You, you, you know, we haven't been responding to us a lot. So I said, Josh must be busy. <laughs> on, on the grind. On the grind. So it's all good, man. Uh, what about you, Mike? Josh, Josh, the uh, trouble starter. With the, especially that video you put the other day. <laughs> Which video? What video is that, Banks? Poetic Charm uh, with the guys. Um, I watched some of it where the guys um, need to set their own standards and not let women run over them and stuff like that. Some women got, uh, some ladies got upset. <laughs> You're joking. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just the truth. I was just, it was funny. But I was just like, nah, this is the truth, man. But then some of my boys, they liked it. Really? Yeah, they were added, but they were added some stuff to it, but I didn't get a chance to read it. But uh, hmm. that's why when Speaking I saw of, it, I was like, ooh, I got to post this. <laughs> Speaking of ladies, did you text Chloe and let her know we're on? Not yet. I, I'll let her know when we start rocking and rolling. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, I, I couldn't. Uh, sorry, I missed that one last week. Stuff like that, but um, you know, you know, how we do. Uh, as far as myself, uh, I've been good, man. You know, I said you said I never make any announcements. I will announce that I'm up to seventy pounds. I lost now. So. Hey, hold up, hold up. I got you, Big Mike. Ho, 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 ho. <laughs> yeah, and just as a, uh, we have on wax. Back in October, when my birthday was, I said I wanted to lose 100 pounds by my next birthday. So oh, wow. I'm on my okay. way there. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so okay. if I can do that, I want to play on wax what I said last year and see if I, you know, made that happen uh, when this year comes and whatnot. But um, anyway, moving on forward, man, uh, let's start with our current events and let's start one of the biggest topics in the news right now, which is Ellen. And her show and the mistreatment of her employees and sexual misconduct about the show. And, uh, you know, them trying to clean it up right now and put some spins on it and say they're going to treat the employees better. What are your thoughts on that, Banks, when you hear about it? Uh, I mean, I just find it uh, interesting, you know, with uh, Ellen being, uh, I guess, uh, somewhat of a voice for the voiceless when it comes to issues like that. So it, it is kind of uh, on the con. <laughs> I just find it funny 
how she's like the, the spokesperson for, you know, since she is uh, a lesbian. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to, you know, rights of that nature, you would think she would, uh, you know, not take, would look basically be a bit more aggressive in the approach of like sexual harassment, like things that's going on in the uh, workplace. I would think she would be the staple person to, you know, really showcase and not, you know, have any of that, you know, have like a no fly zone when it comes to activities like that. But it's just funny how this is her show, this is her platform and what she stands for. And then stuff like this happens in the background. And now she's all quiet. She's not really saying much, which I just find interesting. Okay. And Josh, when you first heard about this, what'd you think? It was very interesting for all the reasons that Banks said, but also because clearly this was going on during the Weinstein episode, right? So I, we see some uh, selective morality there, and it kind of reminded me of, you know, some elements of, again, not all women, but some women will be rallying a cause without actually walking that walk. And I, see, I noticed that a lot with uh, some women who were talking about equal pay for the WNBA, but usually the people who are rallying for that don't even watch the WNBA, but you'll rally for that cause. And they probably don't even watch the NBA either, but they're, they're just on that whole social, uh, excuse me, social justice warrior war path, as opposed to actually walking the walk. So this, to me, this kind of confirms that for me. Yeah, that's right. I think you're right about that. It's like, keep the, if you, if you really want to support them, how about you watch them and help them get more ratings so they can get paid more instead of just demanding equal pay? Um, you know, that would make more sense because if you can present to the, the higher ups, look, we turn out this many people to watch our product, the pay will rise by itself rather than having to protest for it. So, mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's like backwards thinking. And with Ellen, um, you know, it, it just reminds me of about like a lot of times, no matter who you are or how you were before, when sometimes you get so big is that the power gets to your head. You know what I'm saying? And and you let things slide or you treat people bad or your employees bad. You know, she's 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 worth like, what, 50 million or more, I believe, right now or whatnot. And she was a lowly comedian, you know, going back, you know, before the, even before the show, she had like a small sitcom, wasn't like doing great or nothing like that. So now you see how like the power has, you know, got to her head a little bit. Um, so that's what it reminds me of. And, you know, I, the thing, I, Ellen is cool, but it's like, she, she plays this mind game with the black culture, I believe, <laughs> because it's like she knows what we want to see. And, you know, so I feel like she remember, remember that girl from the um, halftime of the All-Star game. And I said, I watched her be on Ellen this week. I remember she was on Ellen the same week, like yeah. back in February, because Ellen knows we would love if she, if she had a little black girl on the show. So I feel like that we got to watch that mind game that she plays with us all the time. Something like that. So. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, to me, it was very obvious. I never watched Ellen, but I already knew what time it was. And we see that whenever our, let's say, our black celebrities get in trouble, what platform do they go to to apologize? Where did Kevin Hart go to immediately? And good segue. Speaking of Kevin Hart, how do you feel about him and him backing up Ellen and stuff like that? And Tyrese, too, actually, today. But Ellen started with Kevin Hart, really. Well, Kevin well, kind of had to, right? But go ahead, man. Be yeah, because, you know, 
she backed him up when he was having his issues, if we all remember. And she was basically a vocal point of like, don't be too hard on Kevin. We all make mistakes and stuff like that. He's a friend. And basically, you know, as a friend, you have to, you know, help out your friends. And uh, it, I just find it funny uh, that Kevin Hart's sticking up for um, Ellen, but he's also getting backlash as well for doing that. Yeah. But then, you know, I mean, she she did something for him, and he he has to return the favor. Yeah, and when she stuck up for him, I remember, you know, because remember it was the whole thing about what he said about the LGBTQ community, yeah. and I remember them saying like she don't speak for all of us, so you know you, you can have her speak for all you want. So, you know what I mean? So she got backlash too from that community for speaking up for him. So it's just like you said, him returning the favor and stuff like that. Um, and then I heard Tyrese today doing it the same way. But then I think it's also the rich protecting the rich. Because like Josh says, they have these circles and stuff like that. And there's like, you know, backdoor or like Josh, remember Entourage, all the backdoor favors we don't know about? Oh, yeah, it's, Absolutely. And stuff like that. And there's backdoor favors that are already in place that we don't even know. So when they come out to support these people, it's not necessarily genuine. It's more because I have to uphold my part of the deal, so to speak, and whatnot. So I don't know if I would take anything from it or not about Kevin Hart. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So, but that's Ellen. I mean, do you think it'll affect her show moving forward when she comes back as far as ratings-wise or... Well, just judging how the perception of the general public is, I mean, all you need to do is just create some sort of content, give something away for free, throw some pe- throw some guests on there that could, you know, jar the public's attention. And depending on how well they do that, I really feel like this could be just a moment of the past, just based on how the typical public is when it comes to things like this. So, yeah, most likely people will forget about it. Yeah, I guess, guess it depends on uh, what happens in the meantime, right? Because if, if another, and I and again, I don't want this to happen, but the way things are, most likely will happen again. If another Breonna Taylor or George Floyd situation happens again, and then, you know, she positions herself as an ally and, you know, does, you know, all the uh, the tricks and whatnot to appease people, it, you know, right. they can get back on that hamster wheel. Now, yeah. one thing I will say is, if they find something to expose what actually happened, which I probably won't happen, but if they do, if they find some sort of videotape or they actually have like, uh, like people coming out in the uh, out of the woodworks, really explaining what's happening in graphic detail, then maybe, 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 maybe there might be a chance where this could probably tarnish her. But the likelihood of that actually happening could be very slim. But if that doesn't happen, then her show will be fine. I think it is slim. I think her net worth is so much. She could pay those people off when I come out, what she's probably doing already. And then because she makes so much money for the network, even if they, even if they go down 25%, it's still a good you know, thing for the network because you know she she essentially took over for Oprah when Oprah left the same network, basically. So I, I think um, you know, it's it's all just for nothing, you know, at the end of the day. Um hopefully, you know, I'm sure she'll make a better workplace 
moving forward. So that's what will come out of it. But I don't right. think she'll be penalized, you know, overall. And let's move forward to Trump and his uh, banning and then not banning TikTok and stuff like that. And um, yeah. And I guess uh, one the USA, I guess, because it's owned by a Chinese uh, company um, and whatnot. What do you think we first heard about this? Uh, it was interesting because I'm not sure if anyone knows, and this is allegedly, but kind of has been confirmed, but you know, nothing can actually be confirmed, confirmed in China, right. but mm -hmm. they do have very laxed, to say the least, intellectual property rights and whatnot. In fact, Jordan lost a $6 million lawsuit because, you know, Jordan has a lot of knockoffs there. So he's trying to cut right. it out, but he, he lost. Right? right. And essentially it, it seems like Donnie boy here is uh, trying to have some, you know, trying to, uh, I guess, even the playing field and be like, okay, you want to play that? We go, you got, you guys can exist. We're going to cut out one of your major markets unless you sell to one of us. Right. Which is Microsoft, which I'm sure he would have some sort of a uh, dealings with Microsoft, knowing they might be the ones to buy it. So I think it's all positioning itself to win at the end of the day, and whatnot. It's it's, it's almost like a a powerful insider trading. Like if I make you sell it, then I'm, I'm gonna invest in the company you're selling it to, and whatnot. So it's, it's right. very interesting. What about you, John? When you first heard about this, what do you think? Um, I initially thought the same thing, especially with Microsoft all of a sudden being interested in buying or acquiring that, um, you know, because when you see the points of like Trump being in fear of this TikTok thing, because it's a sensational with the kids and all that, um, I think it's a perfect segue based on the information that TikTok happens to uh, take from our data. And judging from how many kids and their, their parents use the app, it could be just another way of the government or Microsoft or whatever you want to say, whoever whoever has the highest power, whatever in that in that realm, just an excuse to pull information that we're willingly giving away without us noticing what we're actually putting out on our phones and the data that we're actually sharing for Lord knows what, whatever it is that they're going to do. And I think with how Trump is positioning it, how like we need to get this, like I wanna, cause I think he said he wants to ban this by September 15th, unless mm -hmm. if, my, unless if uh, somebody- US buys company it. buys it. Yeah. yeah, which most likely will be Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, I mean, there you go. It's, it was just, was just perfectly planned just to sell to them have them buy it, and now Microsoft has is just is just one step closer to acquiring as much information on how to take over or manipulate our day to day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, go ahead, Josh. Oh no, I was just gonna say it reminds me a lot of Facebook when uh, Zuckerberg was posturing uh, our data on Facebook, and he was like, "Oh, if you guys don't pay businesses, he's talking to business. If you businesses don't pay for the user data, I'm gonna sell it to China." And yeah. then, you know, China was able to make an amazing app. And I'm thinking about people like Tony Stark Jr., right? So he he and his wife are on, shout out to Sandy Cheeks, are on TikTok. Mm -hmm. And he's, as you heard on Mental Theater, he would be a fan of Microsoft via Xbox. 
So imagine right. if Xbox would add a social media component via TikTok and Microsoft. So I think that would be a massive play for them. Yeah, Microsoft stock went up like almost 10, 20% the day, just whispers of them purchasing TikTok. So, um, you know, if they do, I could imagine what will happen. And people forget Microsoft owns LinkedIn too. So they're, they're in the social space, but this will put them in the more uh, kind of fun social space, you know, overall. So I think it's very smart. Then you'll have the business side with LinkedIn and then the fun side for the kids with TikTok. So you kind of conquer both worlds there if you're Microsoft. So I think it's kind of smart play for them. You know, Absolutely. Really well. And and Facebook also uses Bing for their search. Uh, what's it called? Their search engine. Yeah. Interesting. Um, on on the um, on 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 the Trump side, though, like I don't know. I feel like he's trying to make it do a lot of things before he's inevitable or or possible, you know, finish and whatnot. So it's kind of interesting to me that he would be doing this instead of like focusing on his campaign. I guess. I mean, this is his campaign. It's Trump being Trump. It is. It is. <laughs> and as we uh, as we found out moments before the show, uh, he's endorsing Kanye to get on the ballot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on the flip side, a couple of days ago, third topic we had, Kanye named his running mate for vice president. So what is Kanye doing at this point? Like, I'm, I'm so confused. <laughs> Banks, what, what do you think he's doing, man? So uh, I don't know. I mean, it could just be a ploy for him to uh, wanting to, um, you know, promote his album and maybe create some sort of change. Uh, but it's just interesting with his choice with because what is she like a pastor or something? I think well, I know she, she lives in Wisconsin where he's at now, apparently. Um, he's yeah, like a religious. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. She runs one of the churches, something like that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He he's a uh, biblical life coach, so she's probably yeah. a new age pastor. There we go. Right. 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 And her quote is: "Doing chores helps, uh, you know, your mental helps weight helps uh, bring down your mental conditions. Like doing chores. That was like one of her quotes, which I found really interesting. Is doing chores off occupying your mind." You know, whoever it was that said a couple weeks ago that he should wait till 2024, I think it was Elon Musk. Um, but I, I think they are right. You know, I think I, I think his popularity and, you know, um, uh, the, the, his knowledge, he could actually have a strong run. But I don't think he can do it this year at this late in the game. If you know what I mean, Josh, on that one. Yeah, I do think uh, if he was doing this in 2024... And if he came out with better music, he would definitely win. <laughs> Hands down. Right. Again, if he was college dropout between that and right. my dark twisted fantasy Yeezy with the right. Yeezys. I mean, his campaign pitch would be Kanye West putting f shoes on America's children because every citizen would get free Yeezys. It would be so easy. Now, with this lady, this uh, Michelle Tidball, I think his thinking was. She had she's in that, let's say, in that evangelical space mm -hmm. as a uh, biblical life coach. So she's going to be able to garner uh, interest and, let's say, uh, positive, you know, positive energy in terms of that. So she'll be able to get people on on his side more and more. 
Yeah, I think it'll help him, but I think it, it's crazy because I think it, it won't just split the votes between him and Biden. I think it'll be a, I think it'll go three ways between him, Biden, and Trump. Actually, at the end of the day, so I think it'll be. Um, I think I think we're gearing up for a very interesting election, to say the least. Why not? And apparently she has various degrees in mental health and criminal justice, which would be great for criminal justice reform, because let's be honest, it's not going to happen under the current president. Nope. It's a surprising pick. And, you know, him living in Wisconsin right now, I guess, is also very interesting. But, um, you know, and the current and, and then Biden, he's like focused on picking a black lady. But I think that's just for the vote. You know what I mean? So that's a. Uh, sounds a little bit like Ellen, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty, uh, pretty much. Because I don't know. Um, All I know is if Biden chooses, um, what's her Kamala? name from California? Her, it's yeah. over for him. Like, there's so many like contradictories with her story, and how, right. especially when it comes to black people, and yeah, I feel like. It's. I feel like I'm going to sound like the bad guy when it comes to women, and women are going to identify with her because she's a woman and some of the things that she's done. But she does not care about black people, and she does not care about the agenda for us. And I feel like with him, if he does that, it, it's over. It just proves that Biden was just here just to be a distraction, just to help your boy Trump win. <laughs> That's all it is. And uh, um. I don't like her either, honestly. And then Keisha, I don't think she's ready. Uh, the mayor of Georgia and whatnot. So I, I, I don't know. And, uh, and again, is, her dad doesn't like her. Yeah. So go ahead, Josh. I was just saying, Claude Diz was surprised that none of us was were bringing up his Kanye's mental breakdown. I mean, to um, me, that's part of the Kanye brand. So I don't think anyone. I was about to say at this point, about that. I think it's part of his brand. Like he's he's been selling albums since he had mental breakdowns years ago. Back on one hundred six in Park. <laughs> yeah, he built up the church after mental breakdowns years ago. He's still selling Yeezys, right, left and right after mental breakdowns. I don't think it affects his brand at all. You know? No, but you know, if you go add on to that point. With that whole mental break breakdown thing in the video, if you watch the, I still haven't watched the whole video, but I've seen other clips. If you watch the full video, it doesn't really, or look at other clips from that, you know, alleged breakdown. He actually makes some sort of sense. It's just the clips that they put out make him look really, really bad because he just does not know how to. Kanye has a really bad way of explaining things. But if you watch more clips of the video, it doesn't actually look as bad in comparison to what they chose to put out there as the as the sound bites. That's true. And that was actually one of his tweets. He said that. And Claude Diz said, uh, you guys really support that mental breakdown pattern as president. And again, the current president fits that build. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, current and former presidents fit that bill. To be honest with you, Josh. Um, you know, you, I don't think Bush was all there. If you really want to be honest with it, you know, or something like that. And I can go back and back and back. So, I mean, it's not that it's, I, I just think we support a person being on brand. And that is, has been his brand for so many years right now. 
And I think that's where, where we we know what we know we're getting with Kanye. So and what it is. close as we go from Obama to Jesus repping the black community and it makes it okay because Trump is crazy. Well, I'm not sure if Kanye is particularly repping the black community completely. I think Kanye is repping Kanye and the Kanye brand, but I wouldn't say he's on par with Obama in terms of, in terms of repping the black community personally. Yeah, I think he's the black man. I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to compare them to because they're both black. You know, I, I'm not going to say that at all. He's just a black man. And because I they mean, have an association with Chicago, but uh, to paraphrase Mike here, that's uh, apples and oranges. Right. So, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I mean, preferably, Clo, I would like to get a um, a uh, a, poly- a non-racist uh, person with a political background, a poli-sci major at least, you know, <laughs> um, who has some sort of, uh, you know, uh, history already, you know, whether it was mayoral or senate, like Obama or whatever. But at this point, it, again, I, I got to get rid of Trump. So if it's Kanye, if it's Biden, after I, I can move forward after that. That's how I look at it. So really, Miguel, you would want someone with a political background. When we see what political backgrounds have done for the black community, me personally, I would want a businessman like Andrew Yang, who's talking about universal basic income. Um. I, I mean, Obama had a political background, right? And I thought he was good. Uh, you know, tr- uh, if you go all the way back, Clinton, the economy was never as good as it was when it was when, when Clinton was president. You know what I'm saying? And he was a uh, uh, the governor of Arkansas before he became president. However, what did, Clinton, he do, oh, how, how, what did he do once he was in office in terms of uh, criminal justice reform, Miguel? Listen, you said business, so I brought up how the economy was. Right? was ever in a debate, they would rip him into pieces. <laughs> now, 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 hold on, hold on. Listen, uh-huh. Daddy Bush left the economy really, really bad. Clinton did lift it back up. Now, he was around for the three-strike rule, which Josh is referring to. Um, and the criminal stuff, which did hurt the black community. We also had a lot of jobs. So sometimes, you know, two things can be true. You got to take the good with the bad sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So. Close said businesses have no morals in a capitalist society. And I would argue that also extends to politics because as a poli sci major, politics is the people is business. The business is the people. So they're able to manipulate what they want for certain things. Because we, how many things are shoved into bills that have nothing to do with the actual bills about? True, I agree with that. Bills are about fifty to hundred pages with a lot that are not, you know, nothing to do with the bills about. Hundred percent. Everybody, it's the same thing we're talking about, right? With the backdoor dealings and the and uh, the uh, Hollywood community. Same thing in the political community. House of Cards. Right. People shove things in there. That to, to 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 say I'll vote for the bill if you add this to it. It happens all the time, so you know it's not much we can do about that. I think I think peop, the people, meaning like us or the people, they need to get more educated on how politics actually work, and not just say I want I like this guy because he's popular or I like this guy because he looks nice or whatever it is stuff like that. So. I mean, to be fair, Mike, it kind of reminds me of the the point I make about the WNBA and Ellen, because essentially people want to complain about politics, but won't actually do the homework. People don't want to do the work. They really don't care. They would rather watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians, other ish like that, to be honest. 
which also gets more ratings than WNBA. So, so it's so a full circle there. <laughs> not. I mean, it does. Um, so let's move forward out of the politics. We can talk about politics all day, right? So, right. and uh, shared to us by banks, Wawa is supposedly getting a drive-through soon. Major. Now, now before Major. I talk about this, I, I, I saw I was at the uh, the Wawa and Ewing. Was it on Parkway? I think down there. So, yeah, I seen they're doing car side to go now, which was also oh. new. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually that, 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 that's near you, Josh. Right. Yeah, they're they're doing car side to go. You don't have to get out your car, and you already got your order on, on the app, and they bring it to you right away. Stuff like that. So that's, I guess, the next step, the drive through. So what, what do you think about that, uh, uh, Banks? Well, I think it's going to work because if you, I don't know the exact numbers or statistics, but whenever you add a drive through to a, like a business like Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, it automatically adds, I think, ten or fifteen percent. In regards to your actual rent view, mm-hmm. um, and people are lazy. People don't want to get out their cars. People don't want to walk around, especially if it's raining or the weather's bad. They'd rather stay in their car, go and make an order, and have what they want brought to them. I think it's 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 genius, especially with how Wawa is run and with the typical essentials that. Wawa does have or provides to the communities that it chooses to place its uh its built its uh, business at. I think it will make it makes complete sense to go the drive-through route. And I know they're testing it. I think they're putting one in South Jersey and one in New York, I think, or PA, one of them. I don't remember exactly, but I I think it's going to do really well. I know it's not going to have everything. In there, I know in the test in the test stores, but I think it will do good because who 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 wouldn't want a chance to you know get your basic water, snack, ice cream, or whatever it is, coffee, and not have to come out of your car, especially you, with this COVID thing. Right, the COVID is the biggest point there. I, I agree with that. When you see it, what what, what do you think, Josh? I just really hope that it's optimized, right? And let's use from other success models like McDonald's or other fast food chains, right? So hopefully there, and I think Wawa has an app. I'm not really a Wawa shopper or quick shopper, not really. But you would think that the only way you can go through the drive-through is that if you order something on the app and then it's ready for you so it can be optimized. To me, that would make the most sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that because they got so many items I don't know if it'll be just sandwiches only. Like, I don't know how they would. I'll agree with Josh. They should optimize to where the app, you know, you order on an app. So then when you get there, you just say your number or whatever, and they give you what you already ordered, or your name or, and whatnot. Because so. I'm looking at the limitations to what the that store is going to have, though. Yeah. In the article, they did say they're only going to, like, have, like, basics. Right, because I'm looking, I'm looking at the logistics. Because we all know how the counter is when we go into Wawa. Like I've been there plenty of times to understand. You, there's people who are, you know, runners and rotators. Some people are doing this, other people are doing that, other people are cleaning, other people are restocking. So I'm sure someone would be delegated to doing the drive-through. So right. the way I'm looking at it is like, all right, this is something that CVS should have really, you know, capitalized on because if they did this with what they have in their store. I think they could, you know, increase the 10, 20% as well. 
Yeah, I think with the COVID, I think the mindset, like uh, Banks was saying, is that maybe people are not going into Wawa as much because they're, you know, afraid. So maybe by having a drive-through, they'll get that traffic back and people will feel safer. Just like the one I told you about that has the car side to go already mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Well, and not it, that, not necessarily, Mike. Some Wawa's are lit, like too lit. Oh, I agree. Especially there's one by Camden. Yeah, yeah. Especially it's like a freaking club. They got a they got a security security guard in there. People coming in, walking in there, forgetting to put their mask on. Like it's yeah. ridiculous. It looks crazy. Well, think about the ones in Florida because they, they they sell alcohol in those, so they're even more lit actually. Mm. So, well, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. Florida started getting Wawa's about six, seven years ago. And because they never had them, it took off like wildflowers. And, you know, they're allowed to sell alcohol in all the stores in Florida, including Wawa. So you right. go in there, you, you're getting a sandwich and a six pack. You go on in a day and stuff like that. So it's uh, real interesting. But the thing about Wawa is funny because I, um, I, uh, when I got a DoorDash or Grubhub uh, this year, Wawa is on there as well, but mm -hmm. you can get everything, which is amazing, on Grubhub, which is a food app, but you get everything they have. So you can literally buy condoms and a sandwich on Grubhub and have it delivered to your house from exactly. Wawa. This is freaking... I know. That's what I said. I said, that's crazy to me and whatnot. But to Josh's point, that's uh, literally optimizing everything that we have. We offer you everything on Grubhub. I can make your whole life easier and whatnot. So it's a, it's a cool thing. So. Yeah, I can see uh, Amazon entering this space in the very near future since they failed to acquire Uber. Well, they already got the stores in Seattle, um, I believe, a lot of Amazon stores already. So I'm sure it's only a matter of time before it migrates throughout the entire country, you know, so um, especially those ones where you can just pick up and I guess the kind of scans for you. You walk out and mm -hmm. go and get your Amazon account. I think that's amazing. That's just Absolutely. You know, game changer right there. And speaking of COVID, good segue there, Banks. Uh, we have a lab that recently reported 98 false positive tests, um, apparently. Uh, what state was this? Was it New Jersey? I, I couldn't I, figure it, it out. It was from Connecticut. I don't know if it was New Jersey or Connecticut, but the source was from Connecticut. So. All right. Well, anyway, 90, 90 of 144 people tested between June 15th and July 17th, which is about a month. Uh, received false positive reports, which means with that amount of time, they already had to quarantine for a couple of weeks. So with something like that, well, what are your thoughts when you see that? Thanks? I mean, it's just interesting. I saw this to a few people and, and you know, I got the same response. You know, you don't know what to believe anymore. You know, because yeah. you see one thing, they position this and say, you need to do this, take the test because you think you're doing the right thing. You get the results. They say you have it, and then, and but in all actuality, you might not even have it at all. So it's just like, it's like a, a mind trick to an extent. I'm not saying like um, what's going on is not real, but it's like you have this thing where you feel like you are sick because you're watching everything that's going on in the news. You're, you're looking at the symptoms that they're throwing out here and there that they're taking out and then put or putting back in, and then you're like, oh, I have this right now. I feel like I do, and then you get the test results, and now you go in a panic attack thinking that um, you have it and then you get a report like this saying like, oh, wait, we made a mistake. You don't actually have it. So like, what does that, do? what this thinking like from that aspect, like what does that actually do to your mental? Like, does that actually get you sicker? 
because you're thinking something else, the worst case scenario. It's like all these mixed things that's going on because of how we didn't really prepare on, you know, combating this virus, especially in the um, state. Yeah, I mean, I um, I and you think about the mental part. I think about what happened, you know, right after. Like you had to probably quarantine for a couple weeks, uh, right. leave your job, uh, possibly leave. The, your wife or kid or get get stay away from them so you can quarantine you know in that situation and it turns out that you didn't have it like i, I just think that's horrible because it, it could have affected your whole life even the isolation you're talking about could have affected you mentally because you had to be quarantined for those two weeks you know if you you know thought you had it not to mention like you said if you thought you could possibly you know, get worse or, or sicker from it. So I think there should be some lawsuits uh, that should be happening. What do you think, Josh, about this? Yeah, and apparently this is Connecticut because it didn't uh, say anything else about any other state. So I imagine okay. it is Connecticut, as Banks said, because NBC Connecticut. And to be fair, it this isn't really anything new because we heard about this from firsthand testimony from doctors and nurses when this whole massive breakout ca happened. Right. There are a lot of deaths that occurred that were marked as COVID-19 deaths, even though they weren't officially COVID-19 deaths. They just put it under that category. So to right. me, this is literally doing the same thing. And another thing somebody said, I'm not going to say who said it, but somebody said in the barbershop, it's just <laughs> interesting how uh, when it comes to COVID-19 and how a few months ago they were saying all these deaths, like this, this, this amount of deaths happened this day, this state had this amount of deaths. And now it's not about the deaths. It's just more about the, uh, the cases now, Yeah. which is like, why are they changing the story now? What happened to all those deaths that happened a few weeks ago at that? Now it's just the amount of cases, what state has, like this person has it, this person has it, but they're not reporting any deaths anymore. So what happened to that? The death numbers are really, really, um, they're not as high as they used to be. But um, a part of that is just by knowledge. Even even if it's not a cure or a vaccine, they have learned how to, let's say, treat it better. Like how AIDS doesn't have a cure, but they treat it better over time. So less people well, die. Right. There's really no treatment. They just tell you to go home most, for most cases. Well, no, if you actually have it, I have a respiratory issue, they keep you in the hospital. And what they were doing for you in the hospital in March, they're not doing for you now in August. They've learned new things to preserve you over time that they didn't know before and whatnot. But, you know, <laughs> why are you looking like that, Vakes? I'm looking at the screen. This is crazy. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but, um, but, yeah, so I think that, and, and I think th there is some immunity that could have grown as well over the many months it's been around right now. So where mm -hmm. like you may get it, but not die from it as well. Um, and, uh, but yeah, you're right. They, they report more about the cases now more than anything. So it's interesting. And while we're on the subject, cause we're talking about COVID that picture that Ply sent was very, very interesting too about the, um, schools or stuff like that. And how, you know, that's the same thing as a, as a movie, you know, in my world, the kids in the school. So why can they be there? And that's okay. So I'm a little as interesting to me as well. You know, um, uh, with that, especially with the uh, even uh, older kids. Like, listen, I ain't wearing this mask right now. 
<laughs> so I don't know how they're going to, how they're going to, how they're going to do about that. Well, let's move forward from the current events, Josh, and let's talk about uh, the uh, J. Cole with a serious tryout in the NBA, moving on to our pop culture topics. And uh, Banks' idol, Master P, <laughs> said that he uh, called him. <laughs> I think if anyone, if, if you, I do recommend his show on BET. It's actually pretty good. It's very, very good. I love it, actually. Yeah. Like, I wanted to tell you that. Uh, uh, no Limit Chronicles. I'm actually yeah. learning some stuff. Josh, I know you, you don't have time right now, but if you ever go back and get a chance to watch that, it's really, really good. So um, now, now, before we get into it, because you said a, a seriously training to play in the NBA, Mike, let, let's just look at this here jumper and you let me know if it's as serious. Nice. Nice. So, <laughs> shooting a jumper in an empty gym with nobody guarding you, as you know, Josh, is much different than being on an actual court. If I were to just analyze the jumper, it's a very, very slow release for the NBA. Um, by the way, uh, it's very uh, slow for high school as well. <laughs> and again, all with all due respect to Cole, I fuck with J. Cole hard, right? Aquarium right. brother as well, right? right. At, at the same time, when I hear stories like this, instant publicity stunt, obviously, right? Number one. Number two, you really got to put some respect on the names of the last people on the bench in the NBA. I think Ray for Austin, Skip to My Lou said it best. You people really don't understand how difficult it is to be the last man on the bench in the NBA, number one. Number two, he can easily get chipped by people in the G League. I don't think he's going to walk on any college <laughs> campuses, again, with all due respect. And again, there is going to be some high school All-Americans who can easily give him that work. Again, with all due respect. In addition to some European players, some players from Africa. So again, publicity stunt and all that. Detroit Pistons. Are the Pistons in the bubble, Miguel? No, and I'm sure they haven't been trending this much since Eminem probably showed up at one of their games. <laughs> so publicity stunt, and again, with all due respect to Cole, but you got you got to put some respect on the NBA players, the G League players, the high school players, the college players, the European players. You got to put some respect on their craft and what they do. So you think it's disrespectful for him for him to even, you know, uh, say this or, or try to or, or try to get in the NBA? Well, again, let's let's look at it logistically, right? And R.I.P. Mamba. What age did Kobe retire? Thirty-seven. And Cole is thirty-five. Yeah, I know, I know. So <laughs> just just on that alone, right? And it's a young man's game. You got to start when you're in, you know, what nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. Right. And even if Cole was twenty-five, it would be the same argument. Even if he did the Mamba training regimen three times a day. <laughs> no, 
Right, right, right. But on the Pistons side, I think their quote unquote tryout is definitely publicity to get them, you know, more whatever people to watch their, you know, they'll probably have it televised for them and whatnot. I don't know if Cole is serious because I don't think he needs publicity like that or what where he's thinking. You know what I mean? So what about you, Banks? What do you think when you see it or hear it? Uh, I mean, when I heard the news, it just threw me out the loop. I didn't even think he was serious about playing basketball. Uh, but it, it can it can be, you know, a publicity stunt, because especially with the Pistons, I mean, they hadn't really made any major waves in a very long time. Um, and I don't know if they're going to do something similar to what they did with, uh, you know, my boy Master P. Right. Um, but it, it, it could be interesting. I don't know if they do like a one-day contract. Um, or whatever the case may be, or have him at a game. I don't know. But uh, I just, as at this point, it's too early to see anything really happening of him actually being or walking out to try out, you know, especially in comparison to the many, many people who do work day and out, day and night, trying their best to even get a look mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to playing for the NBA. And you don't want to forget all those people just because J. Cole is a rapper and a celebrity. Um, what about the people who do, you know, put the grind and the time in day and day just to try to get a glimpse or a chance of getting, you know, any any type of attention through the NBA? So that's another thing. So if they did give him a contract, you think it's disrespectful to the players who try very, very hard or kind of like a uh, – you know, like a slap right. in the face. Yeah. Kind of I, yeah. I think so. Unless unless if he happens to just come out the woodworks and starts throwing like crazy numbers and getting like really putting a dent, which is, you know, I don't know how likely that's going to happen. But if, if he was, if that does happen, then I mean, by all means, he's, he's doing his thing. The numbers, the numbers talk. But if they don't, then I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to say because it's just a move that's completely uh, out the woodworks. Do you think he's just kind of bored with rap and stuff like that right now? Just want to try something different? Well, he did say himself that he was bored. Um, he, he's not ex as excited. But on the contrary, on the contrary, like he he's also said that um, he wasn't as excited and that he wanted more time to be with his family and his kids. Right? But if he wants to go in the NBA, he's, right. he's not going to have time to be with his family or his kids. <laughs> so right. I, I don't you, – you said – you put a statement out saying you want to put time out for your family, but you want to go to the NBA. You're definitely not going to have time for your family. So I don't know. Yeah, no, to Josh's point, I don't know if you remember Josh, the white dude, Brian Scalabrini for the Celtics and whatnot. And a lot of guys, you know, who watched it, like, he's a bum, he's a bum. I remember he went to like a uh, like a regular park and played, and he was like killing everybody at the park who play every day and because he's an NBA player. So even though he looks like he's a white, unathletic guy, his fundamentals are sound, and he's killing everybody at the park. And whatnot. So, like you said, the last guy on the bench can destroy the average everyday player who's playing at the local park and stuff like that. So. Absolutely, I think this is a Dreamville for real. 
<laughs> and if we're just going to be honest, the logistics of playing against J. Cole for actual NBA players, they're going to be like, oh, it's J. Cole. So I, I was actually breaking this down to Chloe Diz when I was chipping her in one on one. I was like, same thing for guys. If a guy's playing a girl, automatically the intensity is going to deplete immensely. This is why I think uh, men and women can never play in a professional league because you're not going to have that same intensity that you would for when you're playing against a lady. That's just the reality, ladies. I know that might offend some of you. I'm not sure why. It's the logistics. Men are stronger, faster, taller. It's simple physics, right? So are, you, are you saying that you let her win? Is that what you're saying? Oh, she she's still lost. <laughs> right? But it's just a logistic. So essentially you have fans guarding J. Cole, like, oh, J. Cole's playing. This is so much fun. And you're not you're not dialed in. You're not in the zone, the type of zone that is required, the type of level of intensity and focus that is required to play at the NBA at the highest level. Number one. Number two, I'm looking at it like, all right, as as Banks said, he's already a millionaire, right? And when you're on the grind, thank you. So when you're already on the grind, as a lot of young players are, they don't have that money yet. So that hunger is there. So you you essentially a 35 year old man with 60 million in the bank without that hunger playing against kids younger, faster, stronger, who can jump higher with that hunger. So, again, you got to put some respect on those players. And my third and final point, (laughs) you better be getting 81 points or 100 points the next celebrity game. He better be dunking like he tried to dunk attempt the other day. He better be flushing it clean with all this training. And he better <laughs> score at least 81 the next celebrity basketball game. If you're going to do all this training. <laughs> I agree with you, man. I mean, I I, I guess because Master P was pretty old, too, when he got that contract from the, the Hornets, 10-day. But I think it was a different time back then, to be honest with you. So I don't think he can follow a masterpiece uh, footsteps. The NBA wasn't as popular as it is today, to be honest with you. I think I think they were like the masterpiece thing was literal, you know, to help boost ratings for the NBA as a whole. I don't think they need Cole to help boost ratings, to be honest with you. So it's a whole uh, different situation right now. Uh, moving on forward, though, Josh, um, let's talk about what's next here. Um, oh wait, guys! What I'm sorry. One quick point. I was curious what you guys thought about this move in the business the world, since it's been a big part of our culture. Oh yeah, wasn't it starting? Oh, it started back in April, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is no more sprint. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's kind of a sentimental because I was a manager of Sprint for about five years it's a couple stores. Oh, so. th- is this where you bag some numbers, Miguel? Oh, yeah. Sprint, <laughs> man. Yo, I, some numbers, Josh. I love like half of my story time with Miguel come from girls I met working at Sprint. <laughs> yeah, one week Mike days. Okay. Oh, yeah. Man. I'd be like, yo, I saw you a charger. Give me a number. Like, it was so <laughs> Everything. I sell you a charger. Give me your number. And so you need to too. So y'all, y'all, y'all know the spread right there in Ewing and whatnot. The main spread by Home Depot and whatnot. Yeah. yeah, I was the manager at that store for like a couple of years and whatnot. Everybody knew me. So, um, so sentimental to me. But at the same time, when I um, uh, stopped working there, I left Sprint and went to Verizon because Sprint service sucked. So you know. Maybe this will help them out moving forward. 
<laughs> True. Thanks. Thanks. What you think on that situation? I mean, it was a given. I mean, a lot of what, what was Sprint? Sprint wasn't, as you said, Sprint service was horrendous. Um, they had all these crazy deals just to lure people into buying into their service, and their service still sucked. Um, you know, with just how T-Mobile, T-Mobile is a little bit better. I have T-Mobile, but it's, you know, it's pretty much, it's cheap in comparison to what Verizon and uh, AT&T has to offer. So, I mean, it made sense. What was the point of Sprint? Sprint was basically that one kid that, you know, you did not want to be on your team, but you had to add him on the team just because, just so, to get the numbers even. Now, yeah. they're, now they're a merger with T-Mobile. It, I mean, it, it it was long overdue. Yeah, and, and from a deeper standpoint, you know, Sprint kind of preyed on the black culture. Like, they kind of, you know, the black uh, urban culture. Yeah, e even before Boost, though. Like, remember Jadakus had that song, like, early, like, Sprint stay jerking niggas. Because Sprint, you know, stayed, like, giving everybody lines with horrible... I had my first Sprint phone at 17. Right. I wasn't even a, an adult yet. And they ran a credit check and gave me a phone. Right. So they they stayed giving everybody lines and giving them astronomical charges they couldn't afford and then having all these fees to pay. So they definitely played preyed on the black culture at a, um, for a long time. And then, like you said, Boost Mobile with the whole chirp, chirp and all that stuff. Like, right. you know, it, it just was more and more of let's let's use the people that we're not going to use this to make our money, blah, blah, blah. So. Yeah, definitely very gimmicky. And I think Metro kind of beat them at their own game for that yes. market. In yes. addition to, I'm not sure if everyone knew this, but they were actually leasing the uh, mobile towers from Verizon. So as we know, Verizon has great service, but you're not going to get as great service if you're Sprint because you're leasing the towers from Verizon. So you're always going to get the secondhand service. Yeah. So like Banks said, long overdue. Uh, I'll have my memories. <laughs> Hopefully, you know, they'll be better moving forward. So. Including, by the way, uh, 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 John, uh, Josh, allegedly, uh, even uh, uh, not that store I told you, but other stores having, let's say, coitus inside the store, allegedly. So I have my memories. So. Wait, why do you pronounce it like that? I'm just, I'm, I, since people understand it, I guess. I don't know. No, like coitus. It's coitus. Uh, well, I, I, I enunciate, Josh, if you don't understand. <laughs> so I say every letter. But yeah, coitus. Let's go. Coitus inside the store and whatnot, which was fun, by the way. But moving forward, uh, Diddy. Oh, what's this? Yeah, they did Diddy and stuff. And, you know, people, ever since Loon got out recently, people have started to call out Diddy for, I guess, his failures uh, with his artists and stuff. And um, Banks, uh, what, what do you think about that, about Diddy and how he's done with his artists? So, so. Uh, like I said, Diddy is not Mr. Love or Mr. Black Excellence or uh, the type of person who's for the culture. Diddy is one a, a perfect example of for themselves, all about business, doesn't really help push the black agenda forward. There um, we go. Hold on, hold on, Banks. Here's a whole list of people who were with his group. Josh, you got that one again. Um, and, and what happened to them uh, after they left them or 
Yeah, that was good. You got that, Josh, again? Yeah, that one was a video clip, so we got to display it again. Okay, but um, yeah, this everybody has something happen to them. But 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 but, but go ahead. Um, uh, yeah, thanks. and then with Loon coming out off a um, a case for almost ten years, it's just like it's tasteless how Diddy comments on uh, a blog site page and like, oh, you know, Diddy comments like, oh, hit me up. Like ba that's basically the gist of what he said. Like, hit me up when you're free. Like, right. that's corny. Like, come on, man. And the other thing is, you have other celebrities write letters to have him released early. And Diddy was not even one of the people who sent a letter out. Wow. Horrible. So it's just like you don't put a letter out. You don't really. You stop talking about Loon whenever, like what. Whenever, whatever happened during that time, you stop talking about him. You don't really position. You didn't really position him to offend uh, himself, and you don't write or have any support to Loon while he's away. And then when he comes out, and then you start seeing people around him. You see uh, Akon's brother and other moguls around him and congratulating him and all that, and seeing, hoping to see he might come back out with some music because I, I like Loon. Then you see Diddy corny eyes comes out of nowhere and be like, oh, <laughs> hey man, what's up? Like, <laughs> it cut. It comes like a, the f boy category, to, you know, some chicks would say. Like, he's like, oh, <laughs> oh, you came back, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> it was like something like that. And I just think, um, you know, Diddy, we we give so many passes for him, but yes. if you look at all the things he's done to people. Yes. Especially yes. the people who were smaller, not the people who had platforms where, you know, it's just like an it's it's just too much to take away from them. But like the people that were smaller, like the people from like in the bands or the girl groups he's done, or the unknown people where he gave opportunities to and made them famous, but also didn't give them any give them any really money or anything to really make for <laughs> the fact. Um yeah. he's he's he, I feel like he just has not done the right things, especially you know if if you want to come. All right, let's not talk about the woman part, but let's just talk about like what's started. <laughs> he, he just hasn't done the right things, especially when it comes to shine. Right, like, shine shot somebody for you, right. for you, because right. some dude was throwing money in front of your face, disrespecting you, and then the altercation or or whatever, and shine comes out and tries to defend you. And when the case happens, you distance yourself from him. You don't even like, write any support for him. We don't get him any type of lawyer or anything like that. And he's one of your, he's a top selling artist. Yeah. And you don't even help him. So it's did just like. Want, did he want to get deported? But any like believes or something like that? Okay. Yeah, he ended up getting deported. Now he's like Jewish or now or something like that. Yeah. But it's just like, how do you not help your top artist? When you yeah. could have, you could have yeah. got letters written for him or whatever to, you know, for his character, but you didn't. You didn't do nothing. You just let him rot. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of people forget that. Like, you just let these your artists rot for nothing. And I don't understand how people give Diddy yeah. this pass. Just because he throws a good party? The <laughs> <laughs> what, what, white party? And the half of the stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then B5, 
I know you said you didn't know who they were, but they recently came out and said he robbed them as well. And he right. still owes them money. And even going all the way back, that's why the locks left, remember? Because Diddy was jerking right. him around. And they went to uh to Rough Rider. And he still owed the money when they were on Rough Rider and stuff like that. Like, if you go back to the locks, man, they talk about how they would still had to sell drugs signed to Bad Boy with albums out already and stuff like right. that. But, you know, Diddy is just a perfect example of the American dream. Whenever you want to become rich, you got to steal. And Diddy is just a, a long part of a long list of the Rockefellers, uh, the, the J.P. Morgans. And everybody is everybody is out there who became a billionaire or multimillionaire. They all had to do something to take to get to where they are. And right. unfortunately, Diddy's one of those people. He, so he's living the American dream. I think your point is why do we still celebrate him or give him a pass? Right. Why, why do we still celebrate the nonsense he says? Oh, call me love. This is black excellence. This is that. Or his little slogans to help basically jar the public and saying, like, oh, forget about all the things that I've done in the past. Let's focus on this positive thing I'm saying. But it's just words. He's just saying words. <laughs> That's all he does. He just says words. Yeah. Um, cause what, and then there was remember there used to be rumors about that he had something to do with Big's death or whatever back in the day. So of course, you know, Lil Cease and them were mad because they said the whole reason of him, uh, Biggie dying because he made Biggie go out. Biggie didn't even want to go to the club. Right, 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 right. I remember. And then after Big died, Big became a big, a big superstar. I mean, Puff became a big superstar after that. And then he give any money to Biggie's kids. Right. So once I learned about that, and I learned about that in high school. So after I heard that, and I noticed he was worth around two hundred quarter of a million, quarter of a billion, two hundred fifty million dollars back then, and he had Sean John. So you see all the fashion shows that he's doing, and everything you guys are talking about doing all this. And then once I learned that, stop buying any Sean John. I'm like, what? You don't even get the money to his children and his estate. So again, to me, it shouldn't be any surprise. At the end of the day, again, these people on the list, it's kind of, I got to go back to the George Bush line, right? Fool me once, shame on you. Can't get fooled again. You, I mean, come on, how many times you got to do it? So why are you even doing business with them? Right. Personal responsibility. And, and again, this isn't a secret. Yeah. I hate to correlate this to R. Kelly, but, yeah. um, <laughs> but no. But when I was watching Surviving R. Kelly, and I saw some of the girls in there in like 2016. I'm like, wait, you still messing with R. Kelly after the history we already got about R. Kelly? So to to to, to Josh's point about fool me once, shame on you. Like, why would you still sign the bad boy? Like, let's say um Danity Kane or day 26 or whatever, and like 2010, when you know what he was doing in 2001 or two or 1998, stuff like that. So it's like, you know. So I feel like Diddy plays on the the point of like how there's like a lot of like you know just plain out stupid people who rather become famous than rich, and I feel like Diddy's brand plays on to that. Oh, I want to be famous and known, right? But then once they become famous to an extent, they forget about like the logistics of you know what they're getting on the back end, like the money to survive or to fulfill the I quote-unquote ideal uh of being famous like the look the the presentation and all that they can't afford it 
And then that whole idea of being famous basically goes in the trash because a lot of artists, not with just Diddy, a lot of artists who come out in the forefront, they, they want to be famous. Right. They want to be in the limelight. They want to be known. They want people to right. know their name and all that. But then when those contracts come out, and this is why I like going back to Master P, mm-hmm. you know, he realized when it comes to, he was like, after fame, I want to become rich and then I'll figure everything else out. And like with those quote unquote, with, with those examples, like going through the contracts, like with Jimmy Iovine offering him a million, just giving him a million dollars. And then him looking at it and looking at like him selling his name, he couldn't do this, he couldn't have control of that. It was just like, it was not worth it. Because if you're going to give me this amount of money to do this, I can make 10 times as that. Well, but, you know, most people don't have that knowledge. And, you know, they're quick to sign the line, you yeah. know, go to bad boy and lose everything. Yeah. I hate to take it back there, but just like Ellen uh, praying and, and, um, uh, Sprint praying on black culture, uh, did he the same way and stuff like that? And you know, right. taking a kid from uh, let's say some of those kids from the band, right? From all these different hoods, not making no money, and then right. you're putting them on TV and you're and you're letting them sell records, but they got minimal deal that they're splitting six ways as a band while he's making all the money and stuff like that. And they're not looking at it because they're able to go buy some uh, some gold fronts. And you know some some Jordans or something like that. Not thinking how much money is Diddy actually making. So that's like, now, be like, go that, ahead, Josh. Again, that's fair. And to be fair, I, and I'll play devil's advocate. Right now, right. if if it is Black Excellence, right, and he's actually owning the establishment, the record label. This is what the record labels do. So yeah. that same energy for the other record labels as well that's all i'm saying not just the not just the black ones because there's a lot oh, yeah. of ones that aren't oh, yeah. black owned yeah. and that's yeah. this is common practice and we just we're just sh- shining a, a light on diddy because he's in the black community right but at the same time this is literally what the ceos the, the you know record execs do for the past what three to four decades right I mean, you're right. I, I think because we don't know a lot of the backstories, or, or I'm sorry, the, uh, what, what the uh, happened to some of those white artists, some of those other labels, and were they helped by the label? And I think to Banks's point, because that he talks about black excellence so much, and the black culture, you would expect him to be there for Shine or for Loom or for G Dep or for whoever, something like that. Right, but the record exec of what Universal, they ain't doing that for any Universal artists. So why would you but, expect Diddy to do it? But are they preaching about, you know, whatever, uh, Universal will stand by you? They probably don't, something like that. So I think, I, it's like that, man. Like you said, what do we say earlier? We like Kanye because he's consistent. And that's it. We know what we're getting with Kanye. With Diddy, I, I feel like we know what what he will do, but I feel like he, he that he kind of hides that from his artists, you know, when he had, and it's, listen, Diddy's, it's a reason why he don't got a new artist right now, and stuff like that, he's still talented as a producer or whatever, but people smartened up over time. Well, there might be, a, there might be a new artist he might be able to sign. What was that? And this is courtesy of Mr. Tony Stark Jr. <laughs> nice, Josh. I was confused at first. I'm like, who the hell is that guy? 
He looks nothing <laughs> like me. <laughs> it's uh, Mickey Spears. I don't know who the hell it is. Bro. Honestly, I was like, yo. I was like, I wish I was that small, honestly. That guy's going to say something like that. But anyway, moving forward, speaking of um, uh, hip-hop, how about the news that Jay-Z wrote the entire uh, song, Still Dre, Still D-R-E? And here Dr. we Dre go the clip. That is great. An author, that's an author to me. Like, he wrote a book with that song right there. That's one of Dr. Dre's best records. He wrote Dre and my... And it was flawless. And me and DOC was like, well, looks like this outstruck us on this one. So we're going to take the back seat and I'm going to accept it. And it was still Dre and it was Jay-Z and he wrote the whole song. Jay-Z is a, a great writer to begin with for himself. So imagine him striking up for somebody that he truly loves and, and, and appreciates. So he loves Dr. Dre. That's what his pen showed you. That I can't write for you if I don't love you. I love everything about you. I know you'll get down your your tone, your delivery, your, the way you're supposed to say it and how you're supposed to say it. I know when Snoop's supposed to come in. I know when he's supposed to get Thanks. Well, you heard that? Or did you even know that already? And what did you think about it? Uh, I knew that already. Well, I, one, I already knew Dr. Dre didn't write anything. He didn't write at all. Um, <laughs> and two, I did know Jay-Z um, wrote a lot of or some of um, Dre's hits, especially on that album. Um, yeah. I think the one part I didn't know was probably Snoop's part. I didn't, I didn't really hear too much on like Snoop not writing, but I did hear a lot where Snoop doesn't necessarily write all of his stuff. Um, he did receive help, so I do. That was a shocker to me. But as far as the Dre part and, and Jay-Z, I really knew Jay wrote that. But I mean, it, it's a given. Uh, I mean, Jay-Z is, is a writer, um, and it just adds on to Jay-Z's catalog, to what he provided to the culture. I want to hear Josh's take on this. Well, as you know, Jay-Z said, I'm not a writer. I'm a writer for myself and others, and this is more evidence, right? Right. I mean, at the end of the day, if you – and again, there's a lot of other artists – that I've always said sounded like a, a verse that Jay-Z would say in the delivery. And if we listen to the clip of Dre spitting, it literally sounds like something Jay-Z would say, but it's just in the voice of Dre. Check me out. It's still Dre Day, AK. Though I've grown a lot, can't keep it home a lot. Cause when I frequent the spots that I'm known to rock, you hear the bass from the truck when I'm on the block. Ladies, they pay homage, but haters say Dre fell off out. My last album was The Chronic. They want to know if he still got it. They say rap's changed. They want to know how I feel about you it. Ain't up on Dr. Dre is the name. I'm ahead of my game. I think the most amazing part to me, what well, is two amazing parts to me, the fact that he's not just writing a dope verse like a dope, he's writing it as if he's Dr. Dre. I think that part is dope because he's talking about Dre's history in the verse as if it was his history. And then it was all West Coast flavor when Jay-Z's a New York rapper. So I thought that that was dope too, overall. Um, Banks, you're right. Jay-Z and Eminem, they wrote most of that album. Um, 
that chronic 2001 and stuff like that. So, um, and then Snoop, he actually wrote uh, the first chronic for Dre back in the day. So that was kind of dope that, you know, Jay-Z did it, you know, this time and stuff like that. But I agree, Josh, as to his legacy. Um, I also think Dre, it's amazing that musically, he, he he has so much music and never really rapped or wrote at all himself or whatever like that. So he kind of like finessed the game because in the beginning, he had Ice Cube writing for him with NWA and then Snoop and then Jay-Z and Eminem and so on and so forth. So it's amazing how he finessed the game to 800 million, you know what I mean, overall. But um, no, I, I think it's adds to his legacy and I was surprised he wrote the whole song as well. And I wonder how many other, you know, I love little history about hip hop, stuff like that. So it's um, well, it though. I would definitely say he probably wrote some rhymes for an artist who was signed to Jeff Jam based in Atlanta, probably one based in Brooklyn and probably one based in Miami. So I'll, I'll be respectful and list those destinations. I, I, I agree with you. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you. Um, Moving forward, let's talk about Banks' favorite guy, Six Nine. Oh my gosh, I, I'm literally annoyed that you guys have me talking about this fool again. Let me roll the clip. <laughs> bro, he stays winning though, man. You got to give it to him. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but no, you saw him doing a meet and greet in uh in New York. In today? Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Was he in the mall yesterday in New York or something like yeah, that? He was in the mall, <laughs> and then he was taking pictures of people in the streets. <laughs> what do you think about what do you think about all this, Vex? I mean, it's just you got to think. Um, if you look at six nine and you look at uh his character, his personality, it's fake, right? But you got to look at the music industry. Majority of the music industry is fake. Majority of what people sell on TV, being a celebrity, all that's fake. And he knows that. So he plays on that particular fake. There's no such thing as the real. And I feel like when um, when when 6 9 comes out, when 6 9 came out, and basically played upon the fact of, you know, playing like like him walking around with a rat hoodie, like, <laughs> and like him walking around New York, taking pictures, him having um, uh, his security guards pushing him in the swing. Um, you know, it just plays on to the fact like a lot of people don't care about the quote-unquote real side of like, being a gangster or whatever it is, the general public doesn't care, and but the fans that Six Nine has, they definitely don't care. They love it. They're 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 buying into it. They love the antics. They love how funny he is. It's just like it, it just works, and that's why he's going to do better than somebody uh, in the likes of Bobby Smurda when he has his hearing on August eighteenth. It's just like. Um, it's sad because, you know, he did sacrifice a lot. Uh, but, you know, my thing with, especially going to the smarter thing, I don't, one thing I don't, I don't, I don't agree with when, if you have that much momentum, right, in music at that time, and you had an opportunity to leave early, 
why would you take a bid, right, and possibly affect the amount of money that you're going to make? Because who knows how much money you're going to make when you come out? Who knows? Because if you look at the post of Bobby Smurda, a lot of people are saying, like, oh, he's going to come back bigger than 6 9 and all that. But you look at the post, I mean, it's the, the likes are low. Not many people are talking about him as much as they did a couple of years back. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a big artist now in comparison to what he was almost 10 years ago. And I feel like if you are the moneymaker and you are the star, you take the less, the less, the less amount of time. By me being in jail, what is that going to do? I'm not going to do anything. I, he, the, I, I just feel like it wasn't the wisest move business-wise to do. And I just feel like, what, especially with what 6ix9ine's doing, I mean, I don't know. I just think when it comes to the streets, you can't apply the street mentality when it comes to the corporate world. It, it doesn't work. It never works. And I feel like you end up hurting yourself when you do when you when you do and make decisions like that because you're at the end of the day you want to make money, not get all this credibility. You want you want money. You want to get out of the streets, not stay in the streets. So I just think it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting when he does if he when and if he does actually come out in August. Um, but just back to six nine. I mean, he's just doing exactly what. Your favorite artist does. Did he just sign another deal too, or something like that, for some million dollars? I think. Uh, uh, yeah, um, he has a. Uh, I think something for, for concerts, like virtual yeah. concerts or something like that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Something like that. Another million dollar plus deal, I think, or something like that. Right, so, right. Yeah. And to uh, add on to Banks's point about Bobby, I mean, listen, all he has to do is make another hit, and you throw Meek on there. In terms of the demographics, and I think he can be right back to where he was, and I think that loyalty to the uh, the street code, let's say, will will benefit him long term. The same way it has done me as well. Uh, um, I think I think you both are right. I think that um, if he does sign with a, the right label or get the right person on the hit. He definitely can bounce back because he does have that loyalty and street code, like you said. So that that'll be good for Bobby. But to Banks's point, man, six years is a long time in hip hop uh, to lose that momentum. But and stuff. Okay, if we're gonna be completely honest, was he not a one hit wonder anyway? I mean, yeah. So true. all you got to do is make lightning strike twice, and it's a lot easier in the music industry when you but manufacture hits. But Josh, to play devil's advocate, devil's advocate, right? If you look at the 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 trend on somebody, an artist creating another hit like that, it's very very slim. And I'm not saying he can't make one, but to some to duplicate a hit like that, I mean it, it it's it's very difficult. Very, very difficult. And even when he was out, he didn't come out with any other hits that were comparable to that song before when he was going when he went in. Because he did have that EP that went out, but it didn't like it wasn't like 
the biggest thing. He didn't have any other supporting singles that were like his number one hit. So it's just interesting on the contrary, like what would have happened anyway, like if he didn't go to jail. Well, 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 in in that regard, going to jail might have helped him then, you know, because maybe instead of falling off because of one hit wonder, he might be able to come back and like Josh said, even make a decent hit and get his name buzzing. And because he was loyal to the streets more than it would have been before and stuff like that. So it might help him a little bit in that way. To me, I think he all he again, if he's being released in August in the summer, he just needs one summer anthem. It's a a lot easier to make. Right. And again, you get someone with the same code ethics, get Meek on there. Right. And maybe uh, learn from our boy six, nine to bring it full circle. Take some shots at six, nine to really. That's what he should do. do, Yeah. And this is how you do it. Right. Yeah. But uh. To me, I feel like you probably get to learn from Bobby's position, right? So maybe you don't come out with an EP. Let's take a more conservative, long-term approach. Come out with a mixtape. Feed the streets, right? That's a great business model for the streets. Mixtape. Yeah. Mixtapes, yeah. mixtapes, mixtapes. Even Aubrey <laughs> is killing mixtapes, right? Let's, yeah. let's not try to you know, hit a grand slam, right? Let's hit a single, hit a double, hit a triple, and then you might hit a home run. Yeah, I, I think the beefing with Six Nine would be a great marketing move, especially if just Meek already got a beef with Six Nine. If he added it Meek does to nothing, that, but the mark, but the beef with Six Nine has done nothing for Meek. <laughs> uh, no, but I think for Bobby, if he if he could play on the fact that I'm lo- I was lo- I was loyal and I did my time and you were a rat type of deal. I think it would be genius, honestly. So, yeah, you automatically you're going to get everybody by those that street code that automatically, automatically, right? That's that's number one. Then number two, and I do agree with Banks because six nines demographics are different. It's usually a bunch of if we're going to be completely honest, it's probably some white kids who just like people acting foolish. Yeah, so no, it's, it's a different demographic. When he all said something in the chat the other day about the reason he's walking around so safe because he paid the blood or something like that. Well, hold on, Miguel. Let's uh, let's uh, remember we're on wax here. Number one. Oh, I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Num- number two, I would say because again, Jim Jones knows the knows the business similar right, right, to how right. Diddy does, right? So he understands uh-huh. the business. He understands how sensationalism sells. He is on Love and Hip Hop, right? Yep. So he, he understands that aspect of the business, of the entertainment business. So he knows exactly what Six Nine's worth is in that space. Mm-hmm. So if you allow him to do X, Y, and Z, especially in NYC, right? You're going to, and he maybe he signed a deal with them for some latitude and they get to eat off of that. Right. So, so, so smarter to keep him safe business wise than allow him to get hurt. I got you. That is pretty genius too, actually. So, on that particular way, um, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move off uh, off Josh's favorite guy, six nine here. Let's move <laughs> on. <laughs> Dating and relationships. Our next topic, um, next group of topics. We're going to start with the meme. It said, "I love the N word that lets me stress them out and still loves me." Uh, meme. And stuff like that. Um, and still wants to be with me or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and the toxicity 
in this particular statement? When you see that, Banks, what is your first thought? It's nonsense. It's complete <laughs> nonsense. I don't understand. You know there's an issue with you. Why not take the time and get some therapy? Mm. Right. Why not put some of that money or that, that corporate job you may have or whatever and use the benefits? Like, right. I don't understand. Why do you want to still dwell in things that you can fix? Yeah. Like, why, why do you want to stick in um, the mindset uh, that can hurt you mentally when you could do something that could uplift you and change your life forever. You only have right. one life. Why choose to dwell in the things that your forefathers did not, may have not had the opportunity or the funds to help, you know, help build and help change and help, you know, give a different lifestyle. Because a lot of the times how we live and what we do are based on the actions and choices that we make. And if you want to quote unquote fall in this, oh, I need to act like this and be like this, you, you notice a lot of opportunities that could come in the forefront don't actually come your way because of that particular attitude. And I, I, my, I myself, I don't agree with it. Like if you have the opportunity to fix it and change it, why not do it? Um, yeah, I, I agree. And I um, mean, there's a lot to unpack here from the one <laughs> statement. <laughs> I agree, I think. But um, the fact that she's doing it on purpose and continues to do it on purpose is to me crazy. And then when she says to make sure he still wants me, why do you keep having to have this litmus test to see if he still wants you and stuff like that? And why is that the test, you know? Um, I, I just think that's a toxic relationship overall. And I feel like that, you know, he should run <laughs> and she needs to get therapy, as as Banks said um earlier in that situation. So um, and then to post something like that, and, 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 and you post it with your picture, so whoever the dude you're dating or gonna date is, he knows it's about you. I just mm -hmm. think it's a, a lot of ridiculousness um that I'm looking at, and um I mean, I've heard it before. Let's be clear. I, I know women who say, I want to, you know, test you or get you mad to see if you still will, whatever. I think this, again, they need therapy, once again, um, in that regard, uh, especially to see if you still want me situation. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's a test that shouldn't be needed to have, have happen over and over again. Um, Josh, your thoughts? Well, again, obviously, this is a polar extreme. But if we're going to be completely honest, gentlemen, I think this is in the playbook of more women than they care to admit. So I think a lot of girls do abide by this concept and philosophy, because as we know, girls love to cause drama. Not all not all women. Right. Not all girls, not all women. However, there is an element of insecurity there. And I'm, of course, guys do it as well. Toxicity flows both ways. But I'm just looking at one of the comments here from Mike and Bartso, right? And he says, I broke up with a girl like that. She's also making memes. So there's a bit <laughs> of clout chasing there as well, right? Because the more, again, sensationalism, that business model is working, right? So you, you'll have a lot of 
uh, women who who uh, identify with that, who will like it and comment and, you know, embrace the ridiculousness and just descend further into darkness, but also feel better about themselves because at least I am like her, right? Because, you know, girls love doing that because you ain't going to have me out here looking like that. But right. have girls out here doing that. So they get to live vicariously through her. But at the same time, they still get to present themselves as, oh, I'm not like that. But to a degree, you might be a fraction of that on purpose. Frequently. And the sad thing is, there's probably girls out there who are looking at a statement like that and be like, yes, this is it. Repost, repost, put on my story. This is the energy I'm talking about. I need somebody who's a man or grown enough to be able to hint. What? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's not how it is. That's, why would you want to put somebody through misery? I don't get it. I, I don't know. It's weird. Like women, and I wish there were, I don't know if Chloe's listening, but women always talk about how they hate toxic relationships and all this other stuff. But they're the same from women who say, I'm bored and I want to fight and argue and see, you know, make sure you still care about me and stuff like that. So, which way you want to do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, keep the same energy either way. So, mm. I think it's a little ridiculous. It's like, it's like you, it's like you define toxic as a woman in your way but when we define this as toxic they feel like no that's not toxic it's just me saying if you want me so i'm like you can't be the the ruler of what's toxic and what's not yeah that's called tyranny miguel and usually found in the party that has selective morality (laughs) right i i agree with that um 100 so I want to hear the ladies' thoughts on this when you listen to it and stuff like that. Um, next question, I think, was from me or from me and my soul. But it was, um, uh, and I'll start with Banks here because you, you, you've been in some relationships in your life. <laughs> How long uh, do you have to be with someone before you decide, decide to take a trip together? Um, it depends. Um this is what this is. I would I would say this. I do honestly think you should take some time to uh, get to know the person. Um, you know, get figure them out, see how they are, um, see if you can really trust or even want to be around with that person. If you do choose to, let alone go on a trip with them, because at the end of the day, it's just going to be y- y'all two really. Right. And are you going to be are you going to be willing and able to deal with that? And also, you're going to be, are you going to be willing and able to trust this person? Like, is this person going to show up? Are they going to come? Or, like, you don't know. And if you if you was just, like, a, on the sperm, like, oh, I like you, you're cool, or you're bad, I'm going to fly you out, meet me here, or whatever the case may be. Um, I think it really depends on the person. They're, they're, but don't get me wrong, there's a, because there's opportunities where you might find somebody where – I don't know. It's just like one of those, like, I guess you could call it like a one night stand vacation (laughs) where um, you might find somebody and they're like completely down. You could just tell from their energy how how responsive they are uh, when it comes to like splitting the trip, all that, the accountability. Then I I think it would make sense um, to do it. Just why not have fun? but I think it just depends on the person. Um, you see that last part? It says, as long as she saves up for a portion of the trip. 
So right. are you asking her for a portion, half, or are you paying for the trip, the first trip? Mm, no, we split it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we split that. We split that trip. If the chip right. is cheap, cheap, then maybe I'll pay for it. If it was cheap, cheap, but most likely it's not. So we're gonna split that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, could this could be another test. Like it, it could be like you meant you make mention of it, and if she doesn't like offer to pay anything, there's your red flag. It's over. That's I agree. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, I seen this um the other day, and uh, the girl had posted um. I'm not giving no head on this trip. I'm too tired from reaching for my wallet to pay for half of the trip. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, like, I that too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. We'll see. <laughs> I love when they say that because especially when in the same space, dwellings, we've been going out. We had a good time. Especially if we have a good time, we've been drinking. Come on. You're telling me you're not ready? <laughs> but, whatever. I just, I'm going to let you say that just so you can feel better. But I don't know what's gonna go down. All right. When you hear these things, uh, Josh, Josh, what do you think? Well, again, as a person who has wanderlust and frequently travels the globe, true. Traveling with people, whether it's a vacation or just your friends, is complete teamwork. So if you have a team, if you have a teammate. That's a, essentially a hot dog, right? As you know that expression, Miguel, and only uh, thinking about themselves, only hoisting up the three every time you're passing on the ball. Guess what? Guess who's not running back on D? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> Guess who's not playing help D? Right, Anything right. like that. And I'm not passing you the ball again because you're a terrible teammate, especially right. when you're traveling abroad, right? It, right? it really is imperative for safety, for safety reasons, to be a team. So that starts before you even go on the trip. So if you're not even willing to put that equity in, even mentally or emotionally, to me, that's that's a uh, neon red flag because you, clearly you don't understand what traveling together actually means. I think uh, you, you're living uh, vicariously too much through these IG uh, thirst trappers who get flown out by people in Dubai to uh yeah. you know make themselves look cooler on ig things like that because you you clearly don't know what traveling together especially as a couple is about if you look at some of the most successful married couples they're always splitting that bill they're doing a team wake oh and, you, and you'll use your skill set to make the the trip go even better oh i'm better at finding airbnbs let me take care of that i'm better at finding cars let me take care of that right then mow each other half of the money type of thing like teamwork the same thing right. you would do with your friends. Like if again, if you're not thinking like that, ugh, no, thank you. Um, and the first part of it, how long would it take you to to to, to take a vacation, quote unquote, vehicles? Oh, it definitely. It's all about the vibes, and that vibe can happen, as John said, even with the one night stand, because some people are exceptional, right? Right. But exactly. Say, exactly. So it really just depends on the vibe, because if you've done this long enough and you've been successful you've seen patterns of behavior you know exactly what vibes fit your vibe what's more palatable to you right and at the same time if someone's high maintenance and all that you definitely don't want to travel with them because they're going to be whining and complaining the entire time which is probably one of the main reasons i love traveling alone facts josh you're preaching right now man all it is especially if you make if it's like a quick decision 
I think if you're if you really know what you're doing and you've been dating and you've been having relationships or whatever the case may be, entanglements, all that, you have I feel like you are you yourself are the best judge of character on whether if this is too soon or not. Because if you have an idea of how the people you surround yourself are and who how they're going to be. It, I don't feel like there's an actual time frame because that's that's subjective on the person and what they do. Because it's the same thing if you go on a trip with your boys, like you, it's like it's a, you're one of your friends or whatever. Like you, you got to know that person. You got to have an idea of who this person is, and if you can get that idea, I mean, it's going to be a great trip. But if not, if you're a little weary on it or whatever, then don't do it. Yeah. Um... I definitely agree with, with, with all, all of your points. I think that um, as far as how much time, it's like anything else. Like, again, it is definitely the vibes and all that good stuff. But also, because I'm going to be around you for three, five, seven days in a small, not a small, but it's a room, right? It ain't a house, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, at, at the most. So I got to be able to really trust you, number one, and but also feel like I could be around you for that long. So even if she was coming over my house, uh, I wouldn't let her stay for a week if I didn't trust her. So let alone the vacation where I'm out the country or something like that. So I feel like, uh, I mean, trust is one part. And then like, again, can I just be with you in that space for that long of a period of time? Because most likely on this vacation, quote unquote, we're doing everything together, right? Because we don't know anybody there, stuff like that. So if I feel like I'm not... I'm not ready to have that much time dedicated to you, then I'm not going to do it yet. <laughs> Something like that because it's not going well. Absolutely. And in regards to your comment about that other meme about, oh, I'm I'm too tired to give top because I've been reaching in my wallet. Literally oh, yeah. the entire point. This is, I'm going to get closer. This is a disclaimer for the ladies. The only reason it's a vacation is so you can have sex, guys. That's literally <laughs> the only reason you're there. And if if that was the deal, you wouldn't be invited. Right. <laughs> it's not here to support your vacation goals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as the money is concerned, like you're talking about, man, I'm all about creating a, a synergy, you know, <laughs> one plus one is three. So if we're not creating that, you know, we're doing it together. Like you said, you look for the for the for the car, I'll look for the Airbnb. I found some great restaurants, I found some uh sightseeing we could do, whatever. Like then I'm not beat. You know, I'd rather it be a team. I'm all about teamwork. You know, I'm, I'm I'm big on that. So, nah, if you ain't even reaching or trying to help me in any way whatsoever, like, I feel like that you're selfish at that point. And you wouldn't even have made it. But see, I don't know if, if she if she if she, you know, I guess reluctantly pay half and she kind of uh, um wasn't happy about it, I would say forget the whole trip because you're going to be on a trip with me <laughs> and be like, you know, you ain't doing this and that because you had to pay half or whatever like that. Like, nah, we ain't doing that. So, right. And even that. even if, right, so we talked about this before on the New Year Radio, even if there's a disparity, a disparity in terms of income and wages. So imagine that, you know, in, in this situation, the guy is a millionaire, right? So it'll be a like a, a very luxurious uh, vacation, vacation that a millionaire could afford. So obviously the lady wouldn't be able to contribute in terms of monetarily, right? But as you said, you can contribute other ways. There's 
you know what I mean? This the same way in basketball, right, Mike? So if yes. your jump shot's not falling, do some other things. Go get some rebounds. Go pass the ball. Get other people involved. There's so many things you can do on a team besides just, you know, show up. Almost like, I mean, from a smaller scale, but I get the movies, you get the popcorn, you know, type of deal. you can always contribute in certain type of other ways, um, you know, what's going on and stuff like that or <laughs> or any any other way. And, and speaking of not, then it's tricking. <laughs> it's not a vacation. <laughs> it's tricking. Right. And, and, and in that case, you better go by yourself because there's more girls on the on the beach that you're going to than bringing, you know, the girl with you and stuff like that. So, Which is why I travel alone. <laughs> Full circle once again. <laughs> yeah, we actually missed your uh travel vlog that you can't do right now, you know, with the uh, pandemic and stuff like that. So looking forward to getting that back going at some point. Um and since you mentioned breadwinner, let, let me skip around. It's a good segue. And I got uh the one if the woman is let's say the breadwinner or makes more money, uh should she keep that to herself? Would you feel bad if she let people know? And I think it's, it might be a meme or something associated with that. I'm not sure. Oh, there we go. So I'll read it. I was just thinking today, if a woman is the breadwinner or owns more money than, I guess, her man, it shouldn't be known around her circle of friends and his mates. If y'all plan to go out, give him your car to pay. That if That is if you plan the trip, especially when there's people around. Do you agree with this, Banks? What do I agree with her not telling people how much she makes or no, no, no. With this guy's statement that if she makes more than you, I guess she should kind of protect you and not let people know she makes more than you, I guess. Uh I mean, I to me, I don't think that really matters. I mean, that's more of like a an ego thing. Um, okay. I don't see I don't see the point. Like, if she makes more money than you, then she doesn't make you feel bad for it. I mean, why? Why is it a big deal? Like, who cares? I can see that. I guess he's saying if you all go out and people see that she's reaching for the check or whatever, they might look at you like you know, like you're being emasculated in some sort of way. I guess. No, if that's like your chick or your friend or whatever. I don't see who, regardless who pulls the card out or not. I don't think that's demasculating. She's like now she's like putting it out on the forefront, like oh, I'm taking care of this, blah blah blah, making me feel small. Then yes, but if she's just you know like oh, I got this, I don't see no foul or ill will in regards to that. Okay, Josh. Yeah, this was incredibly weird to me. I actually saved this as weird finances because even at the bottom part where he follows up, he's like, even when you do things with your money, consult with him. Like, nah, bro, it's not your money. In the same way, you're not consulting with me about my money either. So why would I do that? The same thing to you. And, and, and Jazz says this perfectly. If you, again, if you're making, as a guy, if you're making more money to the girl, you're not going to be a jerk and throw that in her face either. Like, that's not cool right. either. Right. So to me, it's ridiculous. You're not going to tell other people how to spend their money or tell people, whoever, how much you have or anything like that. That's ridiculous. And also, I wouldn't expect her to give me her card to pay. So I'm not embarrassed. I think that's, that's just stupid. That, that is, I, I've never seen so much insecurity in my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little, uh, but, but to Banks's point, if she was 
constantly saying it or throwing it in my face and different time periods, stuff like that, I would have to have a conversation with her about it and stuff, you know. So I, I think but sidebar, be... Joel Santana was just released. And no one cared, I saw. in jail. Yeah. You know he was no, no, a lot of people didn't. They were like, yeah, you know it's bad when nobody knew you were locked up. <laughs> you, you remember the gun case at the airport? I I remember Banks, yes. Um, but he fell off so far that no one cares. I mean, it's sad. But I, I reason I remember because it, it was just so stupid. <laughs> like, how you get caught with a gun in your bag? Didn't he, like, fall off the drugs? Like, how his teeth got messed up and all that stuff or whatever at some point? So. Uh, anyway, no one cares. So, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> and last thing I had, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, is I was curious if you literally met someone, let's say online dating, during the pandemic, does this change your course of action or change your dating approach? Let me ask Josh this situation. I mean, for me, no, because mostly I would online date anyway and or date via social networks so like people that i know anyway which you would also get online as well right but because of the pandemic i guess it would limit where you got to go things you can do how often you can see the person so would it change your approach overall or would you just continue to do what you normally did i guess yeah definitely continue and obviously if there's someone exceptional then things would also change as well you know, make yourself more available, things like that. Okay. Uh, thanks. Wait, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Mike. What was it? Actually, I'm gonna change the question for you because you're 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 a different cat or whatever like that. So, <laughs> if you met someone on one of your excursions to Houston or or, or Atlanta or somewhere like that during this uh, pandemic, would it change? Now, how it would have been before, and so, so. <laughs> uh, looks, like, looks like it was a good change up, Josh, that I got from Bank. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. It depends. I, I, I feel like I have a good sense of character, so probably not. Okay. So let me ask you this. Has anyone ever flew it out to come see you from these different locations? In the past. Right. In the past. So if it were right now, would you still do that? Or would you, like I said, would you do like, as far as the time you saw each other, uh-huh. would you, would it, would it change for you right now? So mm, It depends on where they're coming from. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I I think um, you know I think it's about it's about I mean the character thing different. I think I think I think um, it would you would take more time getting to know someone um, because your, your trust has to be higher than it would have been before. 
I guess, because you're in the middle of a whole pandemic before you decide to spend actual uh, significant type of time with them, knowing their uh, their regular routines, hobbies, who they're around, jobs, whatever, this yeah. and that, where before you might have, you know, I mean, we've all had one night stands before or whatever, and, that, you know, that, that could change up a little bit um, as uh, as this goes along and whatnot. But so what um, about you, host? Has this uh, changed the game for Miguel? Especially since now that you're more present online. No, I mean, I still, I, uh, uh, no. I mean, I think the whole part I just mentioned, spending more time getting to know someone is, yeah, definitely on that part. Because, you know, a lot of times I feel like activities um, cloud um, or, or kind of, um, not cloud, but they kind of mask a person's personality of who they are. So if I go out with you and we just having a great time, I don't know, uh, bowling or whatever, I'm not actually getting to know you in that way. You know what I'm saying? And if I'm, and I'm competitive, so I'm, I'm trying to win. So <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm all, if I'm all into it, I'm enjoying the game. So I'm not really getting to know you where now I can't go bowling. You know what I'm saying? So I'm spending more time talking and getting to know you. So I feel like that's where the change, you know, comes into play and whatnot. So that's why I, I know, you know, what sometimes women, um, for me, they have to realize um, if I don't want to go out all the time, it's not because I, I want to be cheap. It's because I want to actually get to know you without something else interfering with that sometimes and whatnot. So uh, that's how I look at it. Uh, Banks, does that sound finesse kingish to you, sir? It does. <laughs> Sounds like Drake. Like, I'm not hiding my kid from you. <laughs> it sounds like a whole nother blog post that's going to go on Shade Room. Let me tell you nah, but it's, <laughs> but it's true, though. Like, you know, I once dated a girl, right? <laughs> girl talk or whatever. And because of where she lived and who she lived with and where I live. What, what we got, Josh? Let me see. <laughs> but anyway all of our encounters were dates for like months and months and months and you know going somewhere whether it was a comedy show uh, 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 a museum a, a restaurant whatever we never just chill so I felt like I was never getting a chance to get to know her so I want to mix it up a little bit we can have a chill date or we can go out but let's try to mix it up that's all I'm saying so wait, you can't get to know them while you're on the date. I can get to know them a little bit, but depending on what we're doing, I'm distracted. You know what I mean? So it it's not the same as if nothing was going on at all. Oh, I got you. You just need the logistic to uh, smash some cheeks to get to know them. No, <laughs> not what I'm saying. And I agree with that philosophy a thousand percent, Miguel. You're, I, you're bet. Thousand, I bet you are you are on the money, right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. What's the sound bite? Like? What's the sound bite, Josh? What's the oh, sound bite? Oh wait, I got you. <laughs> I need the same time before sex, and then I need separately from sex. Sex without hair is like a sandwich with no bread. I need <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't Every time, man. Every time. Not saying that, bro. It's just that I need to see you in more. And I didn't see you more than just dressed up, us going somewhere. I want to see how you are at the crib chilling. I want to see it all from you. If I'm really exactly, trying to he just said it. He wants to see it all. <laughs> see it all. 
You really got to be dressed up. That's need to see everything all out there. <laughs> okay, Mike. There we go. Set that tone. Listen, one week Mike died a long time ago. Okay, <laughs> he just woke up in that state. Allegedly, <laughs> one week Mike, Young Casanova, they all died a long time ago. Yeah, but similar to John Snow, he was able to be revived. What happened? Similar one to John Snow. <laughs> one week nah. Mike turned into two week notice. Nah, I'm just saying, man. I feel like stuff can be distracting. That's all. Like, I want to see every single light of you. But anyway, guys, we did pretty good today. We're under two hours, and that is our show. I want to thank you guys for listening uh, and watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Josh, when will this show be out? Because the last show, I was all confused when it was coming out. So Sunday. Okay, this show will be out on Sunday people so uh you know look uh you know well you're not watching now but august 9th, um, august 9th and it'll be out every sunday and we're looking to go back live i guess the first week in september guys right all right thanks so let's get that going <laughs> <laughs> it's not just me yeah this is where you need incognito First of you all, come out of nowhere in the closet, like, yo, what's up, man? Got your girl's head working in your chocolate factory. <laughs> Even your boy Tony Starks was like, what you got hired back there? <laughs> anyway. I think Tony on the show is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Tony on the with show. You and him together, even oh, more yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, me, me and him go back and forth a lot, as Josh already knows and whatnot. I mean, nothing's better than him and Chloe going back and forth, though, in the mental theater. That's hilarious. Me, but, <laughs> but anyway, thank you guys again, man. We appreciate it. Um, you know, like I said, like, comment, and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again. Absolutely. And the audio will be out tomorrow. Perfect. Perfect.